This is the uh, prayer of St. Francis. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I not, may not be so much to seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. So St. Francis wrote that a couple of hundred years ago, like 800 years ago or so. And even though I'm of Jewish descent, it's actually quite a beautiful uh, prayer uh, because... Um, and I never really thought much of it until I heard Dr. Wayne Dyer talk about it. So Dr. Wayne Dyer is probably one of my favorite authors. I listen to him uh, quite a bit, uh, and I highly recommend. Um, he has works started standing back from the 1970s and 80s uh, uh, when my dad was listening to him uh, and seeing him speak all the way through a few years ago before he passed. Uh, this is my favorite book um, by Dr. Dyer. There's a spiritual solution to every problem. Uh, this was the book that really uh, got me into listening to him. It came out, um, believe it or not, on 9-11. The day of uh, all that craziness is when this book actually uh, debuted. Um, and um, the reason I'm talking to you about it is because uh, this book has been instrumental in my life uh, over the years. And this book, uh, the reason he wrote this book was it was based upon the prayer of St. Francis. So when we look at at this and the way Dr. Dyer talks about the prayer of St. Francis, what, what he's talking about is that we have the energy to change every emotion from its polarized negative to a very a better solution in the positive, right? So when you make yourself an instrument of that peace, what that means is that you bring peace and love into every situation, right? No matter what situation you're in, you always try to think of the most peaceful or loving way for you to, to fix it. And it kind of goes uh, towards this particular saying, which you may have heard of before, which is, would you rather be right or rather be happy? Right? I think this is a hugely important thing to understand. Would you rather be right or happy? Or would you rather be loved than be right? Right? And so many of us in today's day and age um, are so stuck on, I want, you know, it, it's my way. Right? It's my way. And we get into so many fights and battles, whether it's in politics or it's in chiropractic or this kind of stuff. And there's so much enmity on the planet, so much polarization on the planet today. And it's all because we're all trying to be right. Right? You know, this is better than this, and Gonsta is better than Thompson, or ICA is better than ACA, or you shouldn't be adjusting kids, you should be adjusting kids. And there's, there's all this polarization that is going on all over the place. And it's, it's I mean, you probably heard that young lady, uh, 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 what's her name? I think her last name is Gonzalez. I'm talking about gun control. Have you seen that viral video about what happened in Florida? You should check it out. I might play it for you guys next week if you haven't heard it. Unbelievable. This 17-year-old girl who witnessed the murders, um, the school shooting you know, in uh, Florida last week, uh, made an 11-minute unbelievable incredible, one of the best speeches I've ever heard uh, talks yesterday. My son saw it and showed it to me. Um, and what she's talking about is, is, and I'm not going to mention names, but what she's talking about is how 
you know, there are certain sides in this country that are so influential and they're so concerned about their interests and their being right that they're forgetting that it's hurting all these other people, right? And there's so many easy solutions. And she, as a seven-year-old, was coming up with very easy solutions to stop some of these kind of issues that we've been seeing. But you have to think about, is it better to be loved or right? Is it better to be happy or be right? You know, and there's so many people out there who are so polarized into thinking in one particular direction. And why, why am I bringing this up now? Because um, whenever I, I've been listening to Dr. Dyer, and he's been, he actually just was talking about this this morning on the CD I was listening to. Um, and the prayer of St. Francis was very important to me when my mom was passing away back in 2006. So, um, you know, I read this book maybe in 2003 or so, uh, and I really took it to heart, you know, the, this, the words that Dr. Dyer was saying, that there is a spiritual solution, that you can look at both sides of the story in any situation and always choose the loving approach, always choose the happy approach versus the, the trying to be right approach. And my mom was dying of colon cancer back in 2005, 2006, um, which was a very trying, you know, time. And it was amazing how the medical profession was outright lying to me about what was happening with her treatment. You know, um, I was with the oncologist before my mom started, um, you know, getting chemotherapy, and I had done the research on the drug that they were going to administer to her. And I said to him point blank, I said, what are the side effects of this chemotherapy agent? And he looked at me right in the eyes and he said, none. And I literally, just what I just did to you is I did, I, I, like, my eyes went down, my eyebrows went up like this. I said, I'm sorry. I, you know, with all due respect to your education, that is absolutely not true. Because I've looked this up. And I just want to know what I should expect because my mom is older and she may not quite understand some of the things that are going on. I want to know what's to expect. Uh, and he said, there are no side effects. I said, everything's got side effects. Like vitamin C has side effects, <laughs> right? Don't tell me that chemotherapy agents don't have side effects. He said, well, the side effects are very minimal, especially in you know, the, the kind of dosage we're using with your mother and blah, blah, blah. I said, can you just come straight with me, right? And I was beginning to simmer up right? You know, and I'm thinking about the prayer of St. Francis. I'm an instrument of thy peace. You know, I'm trying, I better be, better to be loved than be right. That, that's my summary. Of, the executive summary of this is, it's better to be loved than be right. And I'm, I'm saying, okay, calm down, calm down. Let's just let him talk. You know, this, is, this is the person who's taking care of my mom. And he chose, you know, she chose him. And I can't change that. Uh, she was very stubborn. So, he finally acquiesced and said, well, you know, there's going to be some liver things and she might have some vomiting and she might have some hair loss and this and that. I'm like, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. And I think it was super important for me at that moment to keep that in mind because otherwise the old New York hothead that was in me would have easily come out and I would have ruffled some feathers and would have gotten my mom up, upset and him upset <clears throat> and all that kind of stuff and I didn't want that to happen. <clears throat> but then the, the, this kept on going on. Like in every situation, in every place my mom ended up, whether she was in hospital or rehab uh, places before she went home after the initial surgery and chemo uh, stuff, or in the end towards the, uh, when she was in hospice, 
it was very challenging to understand from the point of view of a chiropractor where they were coming from, right? So I had very certain thought processes in my mind as to what I thought should be happening, and they had very different processes of what they thought should be happening. And I imparted my thought processes on them, and they thought I was an absolute lunatic, right? Um, but I kept on thinking, it is better to be loved than be right, right? And I'm just going to make things happen my way by being an instrument of the peace that I want to see happen. Because I didn't want, especially when my mom was in hospice, I didn't want to create enemies in a place where my mom was being taken care of. <clears throat> so they were not particularly fond of me bringing an activator in and adjusting my mom. So I just started using sustained contact. I said, I don't care. You know, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, okay, the activator makes a noise and people wonder what the noise is. Okay, I get it. Right? So I can use sustained contact. So I have no problem you know, with that kind of situation. I, could just, I just modified you know, my technique. Right? I didn't have to say, I want to do it my way. I'll, there's many ways to do the same thing. That's why I'm teaching you so many different ways this quarter to adjust you know, kids. Uh, because you need to have multiple ways based upon where you are. You know, if, you're in a, if you're in a NICU, you're not going to use an activator. You know, it's just not a good idea. Right? You're going to draw a lot of attention to yourself. So as much as I love Activator, I would not use Activator in a hospital setting for that exact reason. So we always have to go back to, is it better to be loved or be right? Like we can be stuck and say, I'm an Activator chiropractor and I must use Activator. Or you can say, well, what's the best adjustment for the circumstances, right? I'm here at this moment. What does this child need, right? Yesterday I was adjusting an autistic boy. And when I first met the, this autistic boy, he's four, four and a half, five-year-old, 100% nonverbal autistic boy, and he would come in the office going, ah, and just be screaming and shaking and whatever, and um, trying to get him adjusted was really, really challenging. So in the beginning, I, even though he was almost five years old, I adjusted him seated on mom's lap, because that's the only way we can do it. There was no other way. We couldn't get him to lie down on his back, front. There was no other way. And you know what? That's okay, right? Is it better to be loved or right? Which is more important? Force him to lie down, ha have him held you know, down, kicking and screaming and having a horrible time. Would that be the kind of a, would that be in my mind thinking about, am I being an instrument of thy peace? Am I saying to him, I respect you and what you want and where you're at at your, this particular moment? Am I saying that to him by forcing him to lie face down? No, I would be disrespecting that. I would not be an instrument of thy peace. So I wanted to sow love, not hatred. I don't want him to come in the office and hate being there. So every time he was there, wherever he wanted to get adjusted, if you want to sit on mom's lap, sit on dad's lap, whatever, the last few adjustments, he's actually been coming in very quietly now. Instead of flapping and screaming, he's coming in very quietly, and he's lying face down on the adjusting bench like this. But he's turning his head, right, because he doesn't want to put his, he doesn't want to lose sight, right? That's very, vision is very important to kids with, uh, on the autistic spectrum. So he lied himself face down, but turned his head like this, and I'll adjust him now with sustained contact, but lying face down. And as I'm adjusting him, I am stroking his back like this. And I'm saying, you're doing so good. You're doing so good. I'm so proud of you. And he's just, the last two adjustments, he's just sat there, totally quiet. And he got up yesterday, uh, and his mom uh, told me, with tears in her eyes, he said his first words this weekend. Mom, dad, and down. Right? And it's because of this thought. I... I want to be an instrument of thy peace. I want to sow love, right? And other providers, they're like, you know, we've been to other providers before, and they just like, you know, force him 
to sit or lie down or whatever, and you have been so courteous to him. And he's responding to that, right? Because we're trying to, if, if I want to create a certain result, wouldn't it be better to do it in a loving way than a right way, right? Like, I have, I'm an activator chiropractor. Get the kid to lie face down and don't make him move until I'm done. I could have easily done that. But am I producing the result that I want? Or would I have a kid who's kicking and screaming and then when they pull up to the office, now he recognizes the office and even though he can't talk, he would be like dead weight and you couldn't get him out of the car, right? Because I've seen that. I've heard that, right, on my travels around ICPA when I hear... Other chiropractors are saying, well, I have a certain protocol. I'm going to adjust them the way I adjust them. I'm like, well, that's okay for most people, right? But you can't do that for special needs kids. If they don't want what you are giving them, you better give them something different. And who says it has to be Gonstead or Thompson or CBP or Pedabon or whatever it is? Make it up, right? Make it up for their sake because it is better to be loved than be right. You know, so what? You can go home and say, I did it my way. Who cares? And now the kid will never come back, right? Which is more important in the long run, right? So as it so happened with my mom, when she was in hospice, especially towards the end, the thing that she responded to the most was this prayer. So I said this prayer to her every time I saw her. And in the last few uh, days, she was unable to see very clearly. Uh, but what so... Um, and what I'd, I'd done, because she loved this prayer so much, uh, is that I printed it up and I made it into like a little, you know, like a picture frame thing for her. And I put it by her bed and she was reading it her, to herself. But last few days she couldn't, you know, read it anymore. So I would just say it to her. I'd hold her hands and I'd say it to her. And I really feel like this prayer has a lot of power and validity, you know, to it. Because the whole point of this prayer is to take whatever you're going through that is headed in this kind of direction, and you have the power to put it in that direction, right? You have the power just through your thoughts, right? Thoughts change action, right? Thoughts change action. So what you think about comes about. So if you're thinking about something in a negative way and you're fighting, fighting, fighting it, then you're on one side of what he's talking about. You're, you're in hatred and injury and doubt and despair and darkness and sadness. But wouldn't we rather want to be in peace and love and pardon and faith and hope and light and joy? Isn't that a pl better place to be? Right? That's where I want to be. Right? And in my, mo in my mother's uh, passing, as much as I didn't want it to be occurring, it was inevitable. Right? The chemotherapy did punch holes in her liver. Uh, and I remember at first being very upset that the doctors didn't tell me about that, but it literally took my mom's liver and turned it to Swiss cheese. Um, and I was very upset about that, but I said, you know, my mom, this is what my mom wanted. Right? <clears throat> she, she, she believed in the chemotherapy. I tried to convince her to go a different route, like go to Hippocrates and Juice and Gerson therapy. And she didn't want that. Okay. That's totally fine. So, so wouldn't it be better for me to stay in peace and love and joy and hope than to go on the other side? Because <clears throat> that's how I wanted her to remember me and me to remember her, right? So I think it's very powerful for us to, to understand no matter what place we're at, whether it's in a transition like I just talked about with my mom or we're dealing with an autistic patient or you're dealing with someone else, you know, not everybody is going to like what you do. Right? Not every patient's going to jive with what you say. Not every 
person, friend you meet, or person you meet is going to stay your friend. People you know, are, are going to think less of you. You're, you're not always going to be perfect, right? They don't call it perfect, right? They call it practice. Do you know that? Like, I'm in practice. I'm in chiropractic practice. I'm not in chiropractic perfect, right? And so, so I think that anybody who expects perfection and anybody who expects things to be, have no mistakes and be exactly the way they want it, and if it's not the way they want it, then they're willing to, to go on the sandbox and point fingers at somebody. They're on, the, they're on the other side of the equation, right? I choose to be on the hope, light, joy, peace, love, you know, side of the equation. So if someone wants to, to take a shot at you, that's okay. Let it happen. You know, when these doctors were, were, were kind of being pushy with me, I would, didn't push back at them. I was like, okay, you, I can't imagine being an oncologist. I cannot imagine that watching so many people have to go through what they're going through. So it must be very hard. And as I kept on thinking about that. As they were talking to me, in the tones that they were talking to me, I kept on thinking, this poor doctor must go through hell every day, right? Because probably a good half, if not more, of his patients die. Like, I don't see that, right? And remember that. Remember, when we are dealing with... with people who are on the other side, quote-unquote, and we're dealing with people who work in hospitals and work in oncology units and that kind of stuff, they're not seeing the happy, lovey, you know, my office is like, you know, like kindergarten. They're not seeing that. They're not seeing kids running around and happy and go lucky and playing and, and giggling and, and noisy. They're seeing quiet, subdued, everybody's sick, everybody's suffering, right? They're seeing a very, very different side of the story. So get where they're coming from, right? Honor that, you know, and honor the fact that there's going to be patients who don't like you and honor the fact that there's going to be other chiropractors who don't like what you're doing and honor the fact that there'll be students, other students who don't like and other faculty who don't like, you know, what's happening. But it doesn't matter because what they think of me is none of my business, right? I can't control what they think of me. I just, people, some people don't like that I do this kind of little thing before every class. I don't really care. Then don't listen, you know, put your head down, read Facebook, read a newspaper, I don't care, right? I'm having a blast teaching the people who want to be taught, right? And same with my patients. I'm having a blast with my patients. If they want to be there, great. If they don't want to be there, great. Right? Same with students. You want to be there, great. I don't really care. I just want to have fun because I want to be, I want to have peace, love, pardon, faith, hope, light, joy. At the end of the day, that's what I'm aiming for, right? That's what I want. I want to, so if someone is stuck over there and they want to point fingers and say, rah, 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 okay, go ahead, right? I honor the place where you're at that you think that you have to do that to make you, so you're, you feel better. But I'm not going to play into that game because I'm staying here. I'm having a great old time in love, pardon, faith, hope, light, and joy. I'm having a great old time because that's where I want to hang out. And someone else isn't there. That's not you. Right? You bring about what you want, right? So if someone is in that other side, my thought process for you, my recommendation, is try to stay in peace. And think about whatever it is that they're whatever it is that they're saying, jabbering at you, think what they must be going through for them to be saying the things they're saying or doing the things they're doing. Right? And try to see if you can in your brain say, I want to sow love. There's hatred coming out of that person. I want to sow love. There's injury in that person. I want to, I'm going to forgive that person. 
right then and there on the spot. I'm going to forgive that person. There's doubt in that person. I'm going to show faith, right? There's despair in that person. I'm going to show them hope. There's darkness. I'm going to show them light. There's sadness. I'm going to show them joy. And maybe you might switch them and maybe not. But once again, how they think is none of your business, right? You can try with your abilities and your aura and your energies to shift things. But if you can't shift things, you've done your best. And that's all you can ask for, right? So whether it's in my mom's transition or a patient that, you know, I want it just a certain way and they want something else or a student who doesn't like certain things or whatever it happens to be, right? Whatever that experience is, we try to, to be the instrument of peace, right? So I challenge you to really think about this prayer. And one of the things <coughs> um, that Wayne Dyer suggested is like memorize that, right? Memorize that so that when, when you're feeling down or blue, you kind of go back to this. It's like, an, this is my anchor. I go back to this. If I'm feeling a little down or despondent about something, I go back to this prayer, especially the first section of it, because that really means so much to me, um, especially after everything that happened with my mom. So I just wanted to share <coughs> that with you guys. Can I go over there? Sure, hold on a second. 